Hi, welcome to Life at Your Own Will podcast. I'm your host, Paul Venus, and today I'm again joined by my husband, Jay. Jay, how are you? I'm fine, how are you all? Especially in pick up. Come a bit closer to the mic. <laughs> yeah, we're big in sick up. Anyway, today's episode is going to be about my alcoholism. So I thought it would be interesting to ask the person that I'm closest to about what his experience was like during my drying out days. Uh, that was almost seven years ago, so that's why I thought it would be interesting to do this podcast now rather than do it in May because May is like my so- soberversity. I think that's what they call it. Yeah, and after that I want to do other things. So this podcast episode, it's going to be for someone who wants to learn about someone who has alcohol issues or for someone who's close to someone who's got issues with alcohol or, you know, just anyone. I realise that there's other people out there that like listening to people's experiences. So, where do I begin, Jay? Lead me. We met seven years ago in February. And we, and obviously you didn't know at the time you were having a certain brand of cider. Yeah. I'm not mentioning the brand because there's many available. They um and you were having that a few glasses a day. You were not getting drunk so much. You were just a bit more than tipsy. Yeah. And I think Well I I have a different perspective, but on your go. No, no, you weren't no you weren't fully on drunk at all. Like you're just a wee bit tipsy. Like a bit more than that maybe. But then you kept going into hospital quite a bit because of your because of the level it was yeah and your yeah <clears throat> and obviously you ended up getting pancreatitis yeah so i mean i'll i'll try and go back to the start like i started well i dabbled with alcohol when i was say in my late teens and then it got to be a real problem for me in my mid to late 20s so yeah, seven years ago, I I just decided that I was really tired of alcohol because I couldn't, I didn't, it was kind of one of those things where it controlled me, I didn't control it, you know? And so by that point when I met you, I had, my alcohol had, because I was so dependent on it, my alcohol levels had to be at like a certain level before I started to feel extremely ill. Yeah. Do you understand? Because uh, I find it, in, I find it interesting. Like, like when I see people on social media, or you know, like on YouTube and things, and like, yeah, this is my alcohol journey. This is what I've did. I don't under, I don't quite understand what it takes for that person to get through the day without drinking, or you know, for their sobriety journey. And I mean, sobriety. It's not like a linear thing. I mean, some people lapse, some people relapse. That's fine. But for me. It's almost been seven years of co- like complete sobriety. Like there's not even been a sherry trifle or anything like that. Like or any foods that I try that are new, I actually check the back of the packages to make sure that there's no alcohol in it. I know that some people say, well, yeah, when you cook certain foods, the alcohol it burns off, but that's not quite true because there is some residual alcohol in it. And some people say, well, if because I like the taste of beer and things, and some people say, well, why not have the alcohol-free beer? But the alcohol-free beer isn't completely alcohol-free. It will be zero point something. Yeah, and you'll and then for get me, afterwards. and like for me, one drink isn't enough, and two is too many. Yeah. 
and I can always, I, can, I mean, I can see it. That's what I'm just so frightened of it. I, I don't, I won't have a drink because I know that it will lead to a life I used to have, which that life for me, I didn't have any friends. I didn't make any contact with anyone, didn't have any interests. It was just a case of getting up in the morning, having the shakes, having a drink to get rid of the shakes and all the other terrible symptoms that comes along with alcohol withdrawal and just drinking throughout the day up to four litres of strong cider at some points. Yeah. And so by that time, like when I met you, what, because you hadn't really been around any besides, alcoholics besides, apart from a relative. Yeah, but, that's all, yeah. I mean, I did, was clueless because I didn't know, because you did it at night, so I never really realised because I wasn't there that often at night begin with so obviously you know but yeah so when it spiraled you and your aunt me and your auntie went to visit you in the hospital and we were trying to explain you need to stop it now yeah. but it was the second time you had the major I, I can't remember basically when when i um that time mum had to chip the um the lung infection she was in the western and you were there i had to go down i'll never forget this i always bring it up because it's a good point i had to go to the western general and then to the Royal Farming and vice versa every day for like two weeks or something like that because you were in, mum was in. And fair enough, my family were always on holiday and they were all busy. They were fine. They did come and they cared. But certain people didn't come and visit, you know, visit you. Mm-hmm. They didn't bother. They yeah, but I mean, looking back on that, I yeah. can understand why they didn't bother because, I mean, I don't, I don't want to mention certain people because I have had to build relationships afterwards and things. But I just get it why they didn't come because they didn't want to witness all that chaos, and also I looked really ill, because, I mean, there's there, I mean, there's pictures on my Instagram and things if you want to check it out. I pinned one of the the posts. In fact, I had got to just under seven stone because I developed chronic, and then acute pancreatitis, which meant my pancreas it was just severely inflamed and my body wasn't digesting any food, and also I wasn't interested in eating no, you were, you were I, I just wasn't looking after myself at all yeah and i mean if you looked at me now you'd think eh because i'm literally like twice that, the person that i was that a certain doctor didn't explain how to cut down all the things you had all the things you had to eat and yeah but we'll get to that shortly but i mean when i got to like the i, I still i still remember that point when i was sat on that sofa that's still in our living room it's teal, and I bought it because it was called the Aphrodite. And anyone that knows me, I'm obsessed with Aphrodite and Venus and things, hence the name. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can remember being sat there in pain, and I just thought, I am so fucking tired of this. I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm just ready to let it go, but I didn't know how to let it go. Because for some people, when they give up alcohol, it's really dangerous if they don't get help. So please, if you think, if you're considering giving up alcohol or drugs or whatever that you're dependent on, Please go. Well, maybe not cigarettes because you can give up those without. Oh, okay. Fair uh, enough. Oh, he's, he's so innocent. He doesn't know about addictions. He's never been around. Bless him. Oh. So, and also, you don't drink either at all, do you, Jay? Why is that? Just because it's in solidarity with you and not. I just don't like the taste. Actually, I just don't like the taste of alcohol. Yeah, you just don't and like the taste. It must be an autistic sense thing. I do not like alcohol. Well, I'm autistic and I love it. Well, well, yeah, I used I, to love it, what, but I can't have any doubt. And what I remember, though, is these, the funny pills you used to take, the enzymes called Creon. Yeah, so because I wasn't able to digest any food, because if I attempted to eat any food, I would just throw it up. And, you know, before that, I was throwing up to 30 times a day, which is why my teeth are completely yellow. 
because the enamel's been worn off them and the enamel wears off, it goes down to the yellowness of the insides of the teeth. Yeah. And where was I going with that? Yeah. yeah, so because my body wasn't producing any digestive enzymes, I was given these tablets called Creon, and they, I would say, really helped because they enabled me to be able to eat again. Yeah. Because I, st- I remember I started off building myself up and uh, I was I started by drinking cup of soups. I was drinking like yeah. four cup of soups a day. Given... And, I, and I got given this diet sheet by the hospital and oh my God, it's, it had some of the most enjoyable foods on it. So I could, yeah. I was told to eat things like cream, milk, chocolate, crisps, bread, yeah. pasta, everything. And also... You, like you all got, the good, bad things, if that got, makes sense. And you got given these shakes, you... They've, they've, yeah, the the yeah. nutrition shakes. You got given them as well, yeah, and you like. I them. forgot about that. Yeah. I, that was I, I had I got a prescription to go to the chemist for those, eh? You did, yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah, and um, also the, I didn't like the chocolate flavored one, but I loved the vanilla one, and the banana and one, the banana and the strawberry. Yeah, those were those were good. And, and, I, mean, my, and I remember my nana used to get those when she was a bit thin. Yeah, I remember one time I was four hours from a place I was working. You were in the western because you got transferred there back and forth. You had to get your stomach uh, liquid removed because there was some, and again and oh were, yeah i yeah. got i uh i got fluid in my stomach and in my back yeah remember that yeah uh i can remember being kind of being told to sat, sit upright while they drained this fluid from my back because of yeah it's just kind of one of these things that happen when you're when you're drying out yeah and it was the second time that you went and had the major incident that's when you realized because i think the first time you said oh yeah and you sort of tried but see I, I can't remember that i honestly see, can't remember when, that relapse when it was a couple of weeks i remember because first we were meant to go on a date the first time i met before i met mm-hmm. but you were you were polite enough and lovely enough to say i'm sorry i'm in hospital i can't meet you you were lo- yeah you actually were lovely enough to explain you were you need I, I, and like this is like this is like in the very early days of when we first yeah. met. So and like you, yeah, and and I was like, oh, I was fine. I'll meet next week. He's my savior. <laughs> I know. Then you say, well, why don't I meet? Oh, I said it's fine. I don't want to meet you there. You're in the hospital. It's fine. So yeah. we met, and then obviously you were doing it all again, and you kept going in, and then um, yeah, the first time when I went to see you, I phoned up at hospital. I phoned up the um the hotline. You phone up to get where you are, and they said you were. They said you the know, hotline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phone the hotline to get through to Will. <laughs> yeah, it was the hostel, hostel hotline. And like, Call the white nine eight to speak to Will from their hospital bed. <laughs> oh yeah, get your different your desires. White nine eight. Yeah, I and then I phoned up right, and, and they told me that you know, they told me that for, sorry, Will Venus, oh, sorry, Will Venus, for I, and then what happened was there was another person with the same name, and then same I, name as me. Yeah. And it got oh, discharged. How dare they? But then I text you, but then obviously I'd not been stupid texting you, like saying someone who's me at the dentist high on the, the gas because you didn't know what was going on and you right. were saying, like, you know, oh, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm away, I, and you didn't know where you were. But anyway, then when I did see you that day, you were in the Hyde, I think, was it? No, Hyde, Hyde, Fenton, where it was. You were, um, you were, uh, like, really, no, what it, like, my gran had doing a but over 10 years ago but delirious delirious yeah you were like that because she was seeing things you're she was seeing rabbits or whatever it was behind the bed well i mean i did have this glorious thing called morphine it's great yeah ah, yeah <laughs> it was great you were there but yeah and then i and it was i don't like, recommend abusing it no you were there and then obviously yeah and the fact and you were and it, you always don't remember because obviously you were in that thing Aye, so yeah and you went a couple of times eight and you've yeah so like kind of backtracking a bit from that uh once i dried out and things i'd started to develop 
even more of the pancreatitis and for about a year or two I was in and out of hospital because it would go in like this cycle I'd get ex like ex I'm talking excruciating pains where I just wanted I'd oh like the pain was excruciating I would phone for an ambulance that would take about four hours to come because I'm not a priority then I would go to the hospital and wait another four hours before I was given morphine and I would have things like my like my I would have things like my kidney function tested and then be given like these drips of fluid antibiotics it would kind of simmer down for a bit I'd go back home then it would flare up again and it was just a nightmare and so yeah I was very familiar with the back of an ambulance uh where was I going with that? Yeah, I know we're a bit jumpy, but we're autistic and possibly ADHD, so we do kind of go on tangents and back and forth, so please bear with us. Uh, yeah, have you anything to add about yeah, that? Yeah, so I remember one night, uh, you were in that much pain, we phoned, uh, was it just Because, like, like, whilst I was all, always in this pain, I'm thinking, is this really fucking worth it, all this pain, to be just be sober? I'm better going drinking again. That's how bad the pain was. Yeah, I remember I was... Like I was going to say that I was slept in the living room and when you're sitting up because making sure you're right because you're in that much pain you're going to phone the HS24 but it's upside the next day but the, you know you were grateful obviously I did that because obviously just make sure you're right there and it's like it must have been hell yeah because like at this stage we, we were basically just starting to get to know each other yeah that was in July because I'd got the job at a certain green supermarket lime, lime green supermarket yeah at the time, I'll not mention what it is, you'll know, but yeah, and then that happened, eh? Because we were going to go and see the movie as well, it was Abfab. Yeah, Abfab the movie, yeah, which we did go to see, I can remember bits of that, and I remember how <laughs> I, one of my wigs I was wearing at the time, I'd styled it, so it would look like Eddie Monsoon's hair. Yeah. And did. it was really good! Yeah, but I was Aye. painfully thin. Uh, and... I'm oh. grateful as well that my Nora Grant actually took you to some of the appointments as well in the car. It was nice. Yeah. She, yeah, she cared. And I remember one of the stays in the hospital where they... Oh, God. They had to catheterise me. Oh. I don't know if it's the humiliation or the feeling of... Because when you're catheterised for someone who has male appendage, you constantly feel like you need to go to the toilet, but you don't need to go to the toilet. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. Because it's in there and like there was like the bag of piss that was at the side of the bed and well oh. I, I know i know what it's i know <laughs> a funny story actually there was a guy that was next to me and you know like in the ward and the nurse said when she was she was putting this catheter in this guy and the nurse said to him and she wasn't she wasn't sly or you know subtle about it at all and she went has your foreskin always been like that I I have experience for catheters and and like what's bags colostomy bags, because I used no to... colostomy bag is when you can't ah. um when your body can't excrete waste oh. through the colon it's it's that anyway it's worked... just a bag that collected ah. piss anyway I worked in the care home so I got some experience with that yeah yeah so there was there was that uh and like the nurses kept coming to me and saying will you just eat will you please just eat and like. I am, because if you think about it, I I hadn't really had food for a, properly for about a whole year, yeah. so my stomach had shrunk so much I could only take like teaspoons of food at a time. And they should know that because they are a medical profession. 
Yeah, and then any any time I had more than that, I would just spew it up because my stomach just didn't have I the know room. That. I know that's like behind the reflux, and that. I know that's like... Yeah. Not fun. I'm like, oh, God, those endless nights in hospital, because I'm a really light sleeper. And so, like, I had all the noises of people snoring, people calling off buzzers, people just... Oh, just people. Just people. Yeah, that was that was grim. And so we get to the... Maybe about 2018 Mm. that's when I really decided I wanted to work out why I was drinking because although I was clean and sober I didn't want to go back to that and I personally wanted to make sure I didn't revisit that so what I mean I've had many therapies (laughs) it's taken such a long time and effort to get to be me but what was the first thing that I did one of the first one was cruise I'd say the cruise bereavement. Yeah, because you wanted to figure out if it was someone to be your mum and your grandparents or not. No, it was before that. That was 2019 because ah, okay. that was the same year. That was when we, that was the year we got married. Remember, y- remember, yeah. it was the same street. Yeah. And that was 2019. I I think it's just going to the doctor and figure out what to do because obviously we didn't know much back then and what things were available. No, the, yeah, that was it. Palms in place. It's coming back to me now. It's all coming back to, to me, me now. It was... 2018 was a year when I really sorted the the pain because yeah. I was I'm I st- I'm still in pain now I'm still left with chronic pain but even more so then that was the year when we really had to sort what pain relief was going to work what foods were going to work for me and just because I'd, I'd I'd literally I had no life and I had to rebuild what I th- uh-huh. thought I wanted my life to look like Whilst yeah. at the same time getting to know you. Yeah, of course. Can you remember that? Yeah, I can. And remember, like, no, you couldn't have, remember, you couldn't have like, really spicy stuff because that really affected your pain. Yeah, or really uh, greasy or fatty foods because I think your pancreas produces the enzymes to break down fat. Yeah. And of course, I don't think your liver copes well with fats and things as well because my liver had taken a beating as well, you know, not, so, not alcohol as much, and things. But, yeah, it was more that. And I was still going back and forth to the hospital for scans and things. And one of those scans, it showed that I had cysts on my pancreas. And that was probably uh, the reason for the pain. Yeah. And but, but, but nowadays, like no one seems to know why I'm still getting the chronic pain. But it's been suggested that my pancreas still has scarring. It probably will. will and that'll take. take time to go away, if, if ever. It will, eventually. But... Yeah, so did the pain relief thing, got the eating under control. And I remember going to your grand's house and using her scales. And I was like, oh my God, I've got great news. I've put on a stone. Yeah, and it was great. I've put on many more stones since then. And I'm trying to get back from that. But I, I wasn't, I know, yeah, we're jumping back and forward. But I wasn't given the tools to rein in my diet. No, because the doctor just Because said... they, they, they just said, eat it, whatever you like, as long as you put on weight. Yeah, but that doesn't help when you've got to the right weight. Yeah. But, I mean, that's something we should maybe have, have realised ourselves, but... Yeah, time. yeah, I, I... I... What's it people say? I own that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, hate when people yeah. Say, I own that. Yeah, I, I do take responsibility for that, but it would be nice to get support put in place. Yeah, because you're in a, 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 a vulnerable place at the time, you know. Yeah. And it's not really you're not in the forefront, you know, you just want to get better. You don't realise. Yeah, and I'm not a therapist. You're not a therapist. No, we're not. I wasn't giving in. Oh, no, I'd also 
I'd given up smoking as well. Yeah, at the same time, yeah. And you started e-cigging it, so yeah. It yeah, cool. yeah, I still do e-cigs because I enjoy it. Well, some might disagree, but it's, it, I, I enjoy it. It's not as ha- anywhere near as harmful as smoking tobacco. And, yeah, so then we get to 2019. I did the cruise bereavement therapy because I'd lost various family members and I wanted to work through that because I was still having... Yeah, I was still very sad and angry and guilty and all the all the feelings and things... And I'd re- I kind of realised that I was drinking because I wanted... Well, there was two things, mainly from my perspective. I wanted to get away from the bad feelings, which I realised you just you just can't, can't do. You've got to you have to work through them. them. And I don't know if it's because back then I didn't know I was autistic, but I didn't know how to feel. Yeah. I didn't know how to get joy from things. I didn't know how to appreciate things. I didn't know how to... Just feel, you know? D- does that make sense? Yeah. I'm the same sometimes. Oh, it's nice to know I'm not alone with that then. No, I'm the same. Like, you don't feel how, like, well, like my granddad passed away, I'd, I'd, I've not grieved properly because I don't know how to... I'm still angry more than anything else because of the mm-hmm. lockdowns and stuff. But the same thing. Yeah. And then we get... Yeah, so we get married in 2019. Uh, I can't remember that... We couldn't go on honeymoon... Shortly after that, for some reason, and then of course twenty twenty. But then yeah, what but happens then? We did. We did go on holiday in twenty eighteen, though, which was yeah, funny. we did. That was well. We've, we've talked about uh, going to Italy in a previous episode, so you can check that out to listen to our escapades. Uh, and then we get to twenty twenty, and then what happens? We we're meant to go to Sorrento and go on a wee land train. Yeah, we were meant to go our nice honeymoon t- back to Italy, but we never. It never happened. No, even because got, uh, even got grandmother. Hang on, little grandmother jealous of our hotel because they were going a couple of weeks after or before I yeah. was and they were jealous of the hotel so yeah so yeah that's when then 2020 hit then March happened and then the whole world is plunged into chaos Dark. terror darkness panic uh, misery. M- yeah misery all of the above and misery. yeah and so that gets to the point where I wanted to work on something else so previous to 2019 i couldn't even record my own voicemail no. or look at myself in the mirror nothing and so i worked on that and here we are i'm now a youtuber and podcaster and the way that i did that was i kind of recorded bits and bobs of my own voice on my phone then listened to them back and i got used to my own voice because i was always scared because you know like when you're in school and things especially when you grow up in the 90s and early 2000s you're like if you've got a, a feminine voice or you've got a gay voice, quote unquote gay voice, it's not a good thing. No, because people feel Yeah, and then now I realise I'm fine. I've got a nice voice and yeah. there's nothing I can do about it and I wouldn't want to really. And I'm also told that I've got quite a calming, soothing, kind voice. Yeah. So I worked on that and then working on seeing myself in videos, so I worked through that. But then we got to... Like, the whole of 2020 was, like, for the both of us, I think, like, self-improvement, because we'd started watching and listening to Emma Kenny's yeah. uh, mental health clinics. And I got and I got my, like, diagnosis group for eight weeks, or nine weeks. Yeah, your, your virtual, for, for your 
autism. Yeah, because yeah. what happened was the person who was doing it who diagnosed me, and, and well, actually, wasn't the first in Edinburgh to get COVID, so he had to cancel, and it was kind of a little bit of a chaotic thing. Yeah. And the one thing I'm laughing about, I tried to get my bus pass before, because I've got blue bus pass. And here in Scotland, yeah, it's about the only perk that we have yeah, for being autistic, we get a bus pass. Bus, yeah. <laughs> I had to wait months because they couldn't give it to me because the other office who was meant to do it were not in because of the whole shambles of the lockdown. Yeah, I mean, everything was just chaotic for everyone. But yeah. we'd started watching Emma Kenny's clinic. She's a psychologist who's been on ITV's This Morning. Who we met a few weeks ago? Yes, we did. And it was fabulous. Yeah. Uh, she's one of our heroes because for like, the advice that she gave us and her expertise that we got within like weeks of watching our yeah. our clinics and things it's taken decades yeah, from our own healthcare for me, yeah. and it's just it's, I mean it's just as little as giving someone that key to like there Open you go the that's door. that's how you work through this yeah and that's how you overcome I I know it's crazy like she will help me with things in five minutes and no one could really help in 20 something years it's like you know it just takes that one yeah. person just to just to listen yeah because that, that's the thing that I've always said about you when I was going through my alcoholism you listened and you didn't judge no and you didn't say well you shouldn't be doing this or you should be you, doing that you know what that was I don't know because I knew what I mean I knew it wasn't you you know what I work in a place right I'm not mentioning a shoot or something yesterday there was a thieves and there was people trying to steal some certain products yeah. Watch about and they they were arguing my manager and like you know, arguing like times oh I didn't steal that, didn't he? I got but I just saw you something, right? I don't judge people like that because because at one point they could be have so much trauma in their life. Yeah. It kinda it need it's a feel that they need to do it to get away from it all. So I'm not judging anyone on it because they don't do it for the sake of doing it for a reason. I mean I used to judge people. But then I I used to judge people like, Oh, look at the state of them, they're drinking or junkies. What a mess. Yeah, but it's not their fault. But then when you the think, time. yeah, because my, I mean, several doctors have said to me, no one chooses to be an addict. They've got things in their life and make them go like that. I, I mean, I don't care what anyone says. Them. If anyone's like drinking to oblivion, you don't have to be. You don't have to drink every day to be an alcoholic. Yeah, I know, and I, I don't agree that like drug drug addicts, alcohol, and a lot of people do silly petty crimes, get put in prison and like left because obviously. It's not their fault. They've just got trauma. Yeah. And they need support rather than getting told they're getting doing their own doing bad things. Yeah, and of course, just, yeah. and then I think in twenty twenty one, I got my. It was like a, I had to wait two years for it. It was like a one to one, psycho, psychological therapist, oh, yeah. work through, other trauma that I don't really want to mention on here. Not that I'm ashamed of it. It's just I feel it's private to me. Yeah. So I did that. Um, but yeah, just. Why is it? Why is it people don't seem to have like that level of empathy for people? Because they. Cause oh, sorry, is you on? Am I boring you, dear? No, because they're brought up religious. Certain religions don't agree, and things all taboo this sort of thing. I think they have to abide by what their God tells them. And yeah, but I mean, not all religious people are like that. No, I know, but a lot of them who are like really devout into it that yeah. so much they believe everything that their book says. And I think they need to realise that they need to step back. I mean, I, I mean, we both know that people that are really religious and they're not like that at all. Yeah, we do. But there's a lot of people who are like that. And like, especially, say, in America, if you're... Say you've got, like, say, autism or, or something, or you've got drug problems, you're just put in prison. You're not... Yeah, it's not It's not treated like a health thing. It's a criminal no. thing, yeah, which and, is mad. Yeah, I know. And so they trauma, they get traumatised by thinking they've done something wrong. It's not and then you've got fault. then you've got, like, that added on top trauma of going to prison. 
Yeah, because you don't know what's going on. Because you see, autistic people see the world differently. They're not going to see it. They're not going to survive because they don't know how to survive in the world a lot of the time. And it's like, how can they do that? No. Especially all the sense of the noise and all the light. I mean, because it's not, you know, so. Yeah, in prison, it's just a. Oh, it must be just such a scary place. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, where do we go from here now? <laughs> Maybe something a bit more lighter. No, like just oh. to finish the the journey and things. I think that. Oh yeah, that was it. Well, I missed a huge part. Well, what bit have I missed? What's a huge part of my life, Jay? What the wigs? Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, we, if if you're new to this podcast, we mentioned in a previous episode that because I was so mal malnourished, a lot of my hair fell out. I was buying wigs because my hair wasn't growing back quick enough. They were awful. And so I decided to make them for myself. Found online classes because there was none in Scotland at all. That's where I'm based. And yeah, so nowadays I make wigs for other people that are experiencing hair loss. Yeah, and it's great. And I mean, you're doing such a fantastic job at all. And it's, it's, it's kudos to you to actually take something that affected you, then turn it around to help other people so they're not affected by it as much. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, and I understand it's such a privilege to be invited into someone's life to be able to help them. But, like, when I'm looking back on all these things that I've done in the last seven years, one, I should have appreciated the journey at the time, and two, I don't feel sometimes like it's me. Yeah. Because I, I sometimes think that my life is something that's happened, like, when I was looking the other way. Or to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm so proud of you about, though? I know you yeah, keep saying it, but the fact is you went on a plane for the first time and went abroad for the first time. That, yeah. that it takes courage because there's so many people probably are stuck in their homes or flats and can't go out. And you've achieved something like that. You know, you've got to experience other cultures, including your, yeah. when you're better. It just makes you feel happy. Yeah, I mean, the Italian culture is just my culture. I just don't live there. Yeah, I know. We will. We will eventually. But I'm just saying yeah. that. So, yeah. you know, follow the pod so we can get rich. I know, <laughs> And yeah. we'll bring you the pod from Italy. I know, it's great. No, it's great. And I mean, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, you've done so much in the last seven years. You've helped people. You know, you've you've gained lots of new friends. You know, you've just been... Well, in... I've just gained friends. I mean, I'd, I mean, I've always had one or two close friends, but I, I just, I didn't want to take that risk. I mean, my thing, it was all about not taking risks. Why? Because maybe I thought I wouldn't get much payoff from the risk or it would blow up in my face. But that's just the risk you have to take. And also, if you if there's no risk, there's no growth. No, I agree. I agree. And I'm always saying to people, you know, just, just, if, if, if you've got something to share with the world, just share it. Try it. I mean, it might not, it might work, it might not. That's fine. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, just just if you've got a passion or a calling or something that you've that that's just in your heart, just share it with the world. Yeah, and I mean, you know how how much how nice this person is. He makes moustaches for someone down in Scarborough. They they live down in Scarborough, and they also send lots of makeup down to Scarborough, and it's like to help them do their videos better. And it's like you know. Yeah, so it's another shout out to Alan and Jamie of Isolation Creations. We'll leave your channel link below because they've really helped us out when we felt 
anxious or angry or lost or whatever. Firstly, doing the, the lockdowns that I've been all yeah. trying to get you to watch them for months and months and months. And not, yeah, I know. Yeah. We, we talked about that in the, know, the previous know, episode. But but yeah, they, they've been part of our journey and it's nice to it's nice to meet people that are just very similar to you that have similar oh what's the word similar similar what's the word like, sense of humor then, sense yeah, of humor yeah and just like the exact things that you like of course yeah it's and help yeah yeah so what would i say to someone that's struggling with alcohol drugs shopping food sex and whatever else you can be addicted to for me the key was trying to find out what i wanted to escape from I was trying to escape like emotional, psychological and physical pain. But then I realised I can't escape any of those. It's something that I have to deal with, accept and move on from. So like my question to you, if you're if you're someone that's struggling with addiction or you know someone, find out what their pain is and just be kind to them, please. Just be kind to them because people who I mean I don't speak for the entire community you know where was I going with that I keep losing my chain of thought today maybe it's because I'm talking about something so personal it's I mean it's not them it's just this illness called addiction and it's freaking awful so just work out what your pain is because that's it it's it's pain it's pain that you're trying to get away from or a situation that you're trying to get away from itself what I mean what is it at the core of it? It's self-medicating the pain, thinking yeah. you and a short-term release from it all, not so you, you don't want to work on the long-term to help better because it's a quick fix. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting flashback, flashbacks. No, flashbacks. Yeah. Can you remember the time that we were... It was one of those nights where I couldn't sleep and my legs were kicking because I was withdrawn and I couldn't sleep and I was in pain. Can you remember that time when we sat up Oh, yeah. All night. Oh, yeah. And we just... And, what, what it, and we just... Yeah, and I remember, because we we made up this game thing where we... Did we, the, we did, like, name a TV show and then name a situation and do it in characters. Yeah, like, something we'd have like to do characters, mean people, yeah, like a wee fan... Like a wee verbal fan fiction, basically. Yeah. Uh, all night to, like, after 4am, and it was like, it helped you, yeah. Yeah. I think if that's... So, I mean, not, whatever it is you've got to do just to get through it, yeah. just do it so if that's not love and compassion you know on love for like that kind of romantic love it's i don't know what is yeah uh i mean is is there any memories you would like to share of the last seven years i think i'd probably say i mean what i i mean i'd really like to know what is sorry i'm just adjusting myself what was it like for for you having to witness that what did it feel like i think this traumatic a wee bit because I know it wasn't you. Because we we've never really, I mean, we've touched upon it. Of course, we have. We're we're married now. We we talk all the time, but we've never really got to the specifics of, like, you witnessing this. How does this I think feel? I just felt really upset and traumatized at the fact that, you know, that not so much that it was me, just me doing it. But that's fine. But the fact that I never really got any help with it, and the fact that doctors weren't properly helping, you didn't get this proper support. And I think all they had was... Well, mental health has always been the poor relation with the NHS. It is, but I mean... Always. Yeah, and I think that... 
I just felt helpless because I know I couldn't do much because it's your you need to do it yourself sort of thing because it's I'm not the one giving you the the drink and the cigarette you know what I mean yeah. I'm, like I'm not pouring it down your throat or putting it up in your mouth you know the mm-hmm. light and light and thing but I'm glad when we went down to Palmerston Place and I, I was always pushing like the one thing I'm glad for is pushing you to go to Palmerston Place yeah it's like a it's like a help it's a, it's oh a, what would you call it it's the like first a drop in session drop in centre yeah you get the support you need and resources yeah so it's a place where you go and it's like a, this huge church hall and they've got stalls of everything that you could think of like addiction trauma autism yeah. uh, dyspraxia. dyspraxia people who need shelter from domestic violence uh, advice with benefits everything and yeah it was very yeah. very good going and there and to know how helpful and I work. don't know why more people don't know about places like these yeah because they help, know how they helped me a couple of times it was I was getting help and they actually they diagnosed me sort of sort of like knowing I had dyspraxia in 30 seconds right yeah and then when they tried to find something about it something another time they ran out to run down the road down where we were going, right? Or five minutes down the road, and they ran to give me a leaflet out the place, and that's yeah, how dedicated. They that's are. dedication for you because yeah. normally people would just be like, "Oh, he'll come back." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and I mean, people need to know about these places. You know what? If you're right now, right, because of obviously what happened with that marriage signal last week, right? But any other stuff, if you're feeling trapped, if you're feeling that you cannot cope, just say it to someone. Yeah, a friend or a neighbour or... Have a code word. Someone in the shop. Yeah. Or the chemist. Yeah, even... Pharmacy. If you're in Edinburgh, talk to me. I'll, I'll you know... Reach out. Reach out, because if, if me and Will, by doing this, can help just one person... I know it's a cliche thing to help one person you've done No, it. I mean, I, d- I, d- I really don't care if this episode doesn't do well. If it just resonates with one person, yeah. our job is done. And then if they get in touch, or if they don't get in touch, and it helps them somehow, Please, then... Because I, you know what scares me every day? What's that? It's well, especially as well from last week that emergency signal. If you're in Britain, you'll know what I'm talking about. But so many people during lockdown and that signal on last Sunday, that's gonna now going to be you know no longer here, or they're going to be that traumatized. Yeah. And it's like, and we couldn't do anything about it because we were told not to go outside. And it's like, how can people live with that? People are living with the fact. That that happened and not really talking about it because they don't want to... Because no one asked the fucking question. No, they all all they want to know, oh, how many people died of COVID and that. It's like, you know... Yeah, but that's a discussion for another episode. Yeah. Uh, and also just to let people know that none of this is easy. You know, you might look at my social media or someone else's social media and think, oh, yeah, yeah, they've got cleaning soap and up. That's, that's it. No. It's an ongoing thing that you have to do every day. Like, my thing is I have to talk to people. I have to do my meditation. I have to have things put in place that's going to anchor me, that's going to take away the anxiety, the stress. It's fucking hard work. Every day. You just got to push for it. It's not a case of getting clean and then off you go. No. You have to push for it. You have to make sure you're determined and dedicated to do it. And get help when needed. Don't do it alone. If no. No, because never do things like this alone. You'll never, because it can be so dangerous and lethal. Ah, uh, yeah, because you could end up... T- t- I mean, people have been damage. known to go into seizures and things if they've not, you know, kept their, their drug levels up or their alcohol levels up or whatever. Yeah. It's so dangerous. So, yeah, if you're considering cleaning up, 
getting sober, go and talk to your doctor and yeah, reach out to people. And so before we end this podcast, Jay, is there anything else you want to say? Just stay safe and just know you're not alone. Yeah, no one's ever alone. And if you want to talk to people, we'll leave uh, some details of um, some charities and organisations. Yeah. You know, like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. I think there's an Eaters Anonymous. Possibly, yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure about... And there's Gamblers Anonymous. Of course, yeah, Gamblers yeah. Uh, th- there's so many charities that are just so willing to listen. Yeah, because... You know what? And don't be ashamed if you're a gambler. No, no, no. It's nothing to be ashamed no, of, no. If, if you... Had addiction and gamble and lost your. Don't be ashamed. It's not your fault. The problem is, is that so? It's, it's the right. It's the people who do the businesses like that. It's their fault for not for advertising and being all flashy yeah, on yeah. bingo sites. It's not your fault. Yeah. So, I well, we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Left at Your Own World podcast. If you have, please leave us a little review either on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because. For new podcasts, I'm, j- I'm just going to put it out there, getting the reviews in, it really helps to push out the podcast to other listeners, so please, if you've got the time, it doesn't have to be a long, you know, novel, just a f- five stars and a few words, that would really, 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 really help us out, and tell your friends about this podcast, follow us on Instagram, at Life at Your Own Will, everything will be in the show notes, and yeah, we will be with you at the same time, same place next week. So I'm not going to leave any nonsensical advice because I don't feel it's appropriate. But yeah, if you're struggling, talk to someone. Take care, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.